Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 21st episode of the Drive-In Podcast. Today, we have The Checkup with Dr. O, breaking down the latest news in the movie industry. We have our review of Promising Young Woman, and we have a top-billing draft of Best Fighters in Movies. So, buckle up for the 21st episode of the Drive-In Podcast. Gentlemen, Dr. O, Ricky Flicks, how are we feeling day after fight night? We've got a, a fight night themed top billing. How's everybody doing? Uh, doing well, Nez. Uh, so we're coming off, obviously you said, McGregor's humiliating loss in the second round. Uh, it was sad to see. I'm hoping this is not the end for McGregor. Like I root so hard for this guy. And I don't know why I'm just drawn to him, even though like he's done, he's had past discretions like everything like these terrible things that he's been accused of doing but at the same time i root for him just because he has that like magnetic energy it was just sad seeing him get knocked by poirier in the uh second but it was definitely worth the uh pay-per-view agreed agreed i'm more i'm more saddened because we lost another icon we lost alex trebek we lost regis and now we lost larry king over the weekend another icon lost in the same year uh, same, not like 2020, but same because the first time, first of those three died before uh, or after January mm-hmm. 2020. So just another set, just another icon gone. Sad. Yeah, that's really tough. It's really tough to see. I don't even know which one to weigh, on, to weigh in on now, but Larry <laughs> King. Split, split the two. Larry King uh, is an absolute legend. Um, you know, he's done so much. He's interviewed so many people. Um, He's, he's a great interviewer. He kind of like, you know, created an outline for other people to do that. And hopefully we'll be interviewing some people on this podcast sometime soon. Uh, so thank you, Larry King, for everything that you've done for the industry, for this business. Um, and then, yeah, as for McGregor, you know, it's tough to see a legend go down. But it's a, it's a sport where youth is very, is very big, even though, you know, they're the same age, I, I believe. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he, he rose to the top and, you know, now you're kind of seeing a, a, him descend. Uh, I was a happy guy because I bet against McGregor. Vegas' Vegas's odds were ridiculous money, for, money, for McGregor money. last night. But they know how many people love him. Like his, like his fans are obsessed with him. And there's so many people that probably bet the house on McGregor. Oh, there's no way he loses. Oh, I had my money on Dustin. And he, uh, yeah, he, he took care of business last night. So, um, you know, these things happen uh, in, in the business. You had your great rise and fall. He's, you know, the greatest showman that uh, UFC has ever seen. He's done so much for the sport. So, um, you know, by the way it sounded, I think he's going to come back. I think he's going to come back. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. He said like earlier on, even before this fight, 2021 is going to be his year. He's going to fight more than once, but at the same time, like we're having like a potential trilogy with, between him and Poirier. But at the same time, as I was saying off recording, this is most like untra- like non-traditional trilogy in combat sports where it's like you take seven years or six or seven years apart, they fight again. And then they're actually the same age, but it seems like Poirier is actually on the come up, but McGregor's on the way down, but it inspired yeah. insane, like top billing for today. And I think we're getting even more creative with these. All right. And we're getting really buzzing now. And I think social media is really showing that too. So uh, I had a lot of fun actually just planning this one. Right. And seeing who, uh, mm-hmm. who would I want? What, what characters do I want fighting in potentially the octagon, you know? Oh Yeah. 
Oh yeah. That's uh that I'm, I'm really excited. I got a great list for you. Um, top billing is going to be a, a, a heavy one today. I want to be throwing haymakers if you know what I'm yeah. saying. All right. Well, without further ado, we need to get updated on the latest news of the movie industry. So I would like to throw it over to Dr. O for the checkup with Dr. O. Dr. O, check us up. Let's check the audience up. So we actually are recording on a Sunday where there is a huge debut trailer coming with Godzilla vs. Kong. So it, we're recording now. It's 1230. It actually dropped at, tw- at noon today. So about a half hour ago. So this movie's due out March 26th on HBO Max and in theaters, right? We, we have that hybrid style coming from Warner Brothers. So we got to see this trailer just a while ago, just a few minutes ago. So let's go with some reactions to it, boys. Okay, so we have this, we had Godzilla movie, and then we had Godzilla, with, well, obviously Godzilla with Brian Cranston, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Then we had Godzilla, King of the Monsters with Millie Bobby Brown. And then we had uh, Kong Skull Island with Tom Hiddleston uh, and Brie Larson. So it's like a coming together of all three movies to leading up to this Godzilla versus Kong matchup. So boys, what did we think of this trailer? Uh, start with you, Flex. Yeah, I think this one was kind of all over the place. You see Kong getting reintroduced after not being a part of the second uh, Godzilla movie, The King of Monsters, even though he's very much an art, maybe in this one going to show that he's going to be the King of the Monsters, perhaps. But you see him kind of messed up, very wounded and and shackles and chains and the child communication, the only one that can really communicate with him, which seems odd since in the you kind of know King Kong as like with the main actress in King Kong is always like the love interest kind of of Kong. So it's kind of weird they included a child in this. But um, also the girl from the town, I forget her name, but she's in, in it as well, which I totally forgot about. And the fight scenes looked sick between Kong and Godzilla. I think they should more, showed more than I thought they would, which well, I love. And I think they're going to have an action packed movie for us. Yeah. A couple comments that I have is that the CGI looks incredible. Oh yeah. Uh, both Kong and Godzilla look amazing. The little, the fight scenes are going to be sick. It looks like a very fun popcorn movie. Like this is going to be like a middle schooler's like favorite movie of all time for a couple of years because it's just like so like whoa like so entertaining in that in that regard. Um, when they first announced it, I was like, all right, I'm, my money's on Godzilla. I'm taking Godzilla all the way. Uh, now looking at it and seeing that they're framing it so that Kong is on the side of the humans, even though Kong bows to no one. Um, I, I think Kong's going to win, which is a little upsetting because you know, I predicted. I predicted uh, Godzilla to just mop the floor with Kong. I mean, come on, like, look at these guys. Uh, but the, the, I think the story actually looks pretty interesting. Um, you know, I've been a Godzilla fan forever. I remember being like six years old watching Godzilla movies from, you know, the 1970s. Like I, I love, I love the Godzilla movies, all like 36 of them or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see it. It looks like it's going to be a, a jolly good time. Dude, and uh, the special effects look insane. They're feeding us the slop with this trailer. Like they're, they're, we're about a month out, like two months out from this movie. Uh, and this trailer, I thought just like it was surpassed my expectations. It kind of reminded me of Batman vs Superman in a way. Because you have Godzilla who has these powers, shoots fire, right? Superman, the super human, right? This alien. And then going against more of like the one who's more 
uh, equipped for like combat, which would be like Batman is parallels Kong. So I think in, in terms of who have I had, who, if I were to bet who's going to win the matchup, I'm going Kong just based off what the movie's showing us. And it's kind of interesting because Kong, I mean, excuse me, uh, Godzilla in his first movie was like, he saved the humans, right? It's like, mm-hmm. it kind of switched dynamics here. All of a sudden Godzilla is the bad guy i did not see king of the monsters so i think that's important to point out here but in the first godzilla he was like the hero he was like looked upon like he saved civilization and now it's like he is the enemy but as you said before anytime he's shooting fire it's what it just makes me like open my mouth i can gasp i'm like well that is Mm -hmm. so sick and then you had like kong deflecting uh, the fire that's getting shot at him. And I just and then you have like Godzilla. It looks like he's in some type of Asian city. I don't know if it's Tokyo. I don't know where he is, but like with the lights surrounding him, I'm like, that's mm-hmm. gonna be an electric scene. Just like feeding oh, yeah. that. So uh, I can't wait to review it on the pod. Yeah, they, it Good. seems like they look they worked ways around the fire and try to like even the matchup a little bit with between Godzilla and Kong as he's like Kong's attacking him while he's shooting the fire and kind of blocking it while he's jumping at him in this trailer. Yeah. So it's gonna be interesting to see what other techniques they try to like try to even out the playing field for the underdog. Right. Yeah. Also I don't know why Kong, I don't know why you're fighting Godzilla in, in the, the sea, in the water. You're that's not you know, you want you got to get to even ground. Well, it looked like he was went way better than you. It looked like he was in shackles on the ship or something, and then like, oh. he broke out of it because Godzilla like broke the ships and was like attacking humanity. And maybe like he's protecting the child. That's why he's doing it. Like Kong, they're gonna try to play that storyline, mm-hmm. something like that, and like for that matchup. Right. I just, I, it was like a thing in real life. Holy crap! <laughs> if you just had them walking around, all yeah, these monsters every, just everywhere. Dinosaurs. Like I would be so nice. Be crazy. So nice. I'd, I'd be so nice to them. I'd be like, "Yo, King Kong, how's it going, bro? Yo, you want to come over for the game later? I got some bananas." Like, I'd be so nice to him because I do not want him to destroy humanity. Yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine if they were walking around. They, should, they would be gods. Like they would. Like they don't even. Commu- I, w- I wouldn't even know how to communicate with them. But I would just whatever they wanted, give it to them. Because right? they mm-hmm. could just end it all for everybody at any point. So there's no controlling um, them. But it's like interesting to also see like they change in they're changing the Kong story a little bit. Like they're like you're making they're twisting it so they're not replaying the same thing. So you have the as Ricky Flick said, you have the little girl instead of like the hot twenty five year old who like has a relationship with Kong. Like where it's kind of like they have like some romantic uh connection yeah. going on. So I like I'm excited for that aspect too. So kind of twisting it up, showing us something we haven't seen. For sure. Moving on, boys. We got some news from Warner Brothers. More Warner Brothers news. So they're developing a Willy Wonka movie, according to Collider, that will explore uh, the character's earlier days before he became the King of Candy. The studio announced it will release Wonka on March 17th, 2023. So we got a while to go. But it looks like they're eyeing either Tom Holland or Timothy Chalamet to play the the eccentric confectioner. Flex, who are you taking to play the chocolatier? Charlemagne, without question. Uh, so when I think of Wonka pre, when he turns himself into Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, I'm thinking someone that's just lost, grittier side. And you see Tom Holland's been doing that now with Cherry coming out and Devil All the Time. But just looking the part, I don't know. I, I picture, I'm kind of picturing like a blend between Gene Wilder's and Johnny Depp's. And I'm thinking younger. And Although I think both would kill it. I just think Chalamet would just play the part so well, like the Gene Wilder side and the happy-go-lucky, very talented. 
then yet he can also, through his prior roles, play the gritty side as well. I know Tom Hardy can, but I don't know how talented and like the dancing is what I'm basically driving at with a Gene Wilder take. Shalomay can do that, those type of roles or those type of roles, but Tom Hardy haven't really seen that. It'll be interesting. I think Shalomay is just a better actor, but then again, this is where you, right now with Tom Holland, he's on his rise to get to where Shalomay is and I'm in Hollywood right now. So it's going to be interesting to see, but my personal take is Shalomay. Okay. Who are you taking as? Um, I honestly can, I think I'll take either one. Um, I'm just thinking for like dance scenes, like performance value, who's got, who's going to bring the pizzazz. Um, believe it or not, like Tom, Tom Holland, I think he, he has a background in theater and I think he's a pretty good dancer the, and stuff. Yeah. Like the lip sync battle. Yeah. Yeah. So I've seen him, I've seen him put together some good choreography before. Um, so, you know, he might be a sleeper. I know everybody's saying Chalamet. I think Chalamet would kill it, but I think Tom Holland would actually do a really good job too. The only thing is that I feel like we're always viewing Tom Holland as like this, like, like younger guy where he can't really be as, um, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, uh, like mature as we expect, like a Wonka to be. Um, but I do think when it comes to pulling off the character that he might be actually better than a lot of people, a lot of people might expect. I, I think it's close. Like, I, I think it's a lot closer. People say a lot of people think Chalamet. I don't know if it's because of his pasty white skin. And they're just like, oh, it's kind of looks like like Johnny Depp, even though he's creepy. As right. Heck. And then but he also has the Gene Wilder flair. Like he's got charm. I could just see the guy wearing a top hat with his long hair. Like you could just see it. But in terms of Holland, like when you go back to that lip sync battle, he was better at being Rihanna than Rihanna was being at rihanna <laughs> like you yeah. know he went he went off in Wait, that hold video on, hold on nobody's better at being rihanna than rihanna right. just, come on <laughs> I, was, I, I mean i'm just saying he was phenomenal in that video yeah it was it's a it's a bold statement to say the least but uh like there are it's interesting to look at both of their trajectories because i wrote a blog about this this could be like a rivalry going on like like in years for years to come like who will have the more successful career because they're only a year apart in age and their trajectories have been quite different although they're both extremely successful and arguably the two most famous young actors in the world right now so you had timothy chalamet starting off in all these critically acclaimed films these indies then you have tom holland getting recognition at an early age for spider-man and now they're both meeting in the middle right now where you're going to have Holland potentially going to be nominated for an Oscar for Cherry if everything goes well. He had this gritty performance, kind of a breakthrough with Devil all the time. Chalamet's already had that breakthrough, but he's also going now more on the mainstream side with Dune. So it's like they're both meeting in the middle right now, and now they're competing for roles. So I think it's just fascinating. But uh, in terms of the look, I got to go Chalamet. But if we're going like, like light on your feet dancing, honestly, we haven't really seen – when have we seen Chalamet do that? Well, he's on SNL, and you could see yeah, he how he's trying to be sh- more shown as mainstream. someone that's just yeah, exactly mainstream. Right. But I guess going to your point, it's interesting because Shalomay's kind of taken the route. Like he he was in Royal Pains as a kid. Like he's taken that long route to get to where he is today, the traditional acting route, going through the indies and now the mainstream. He got his franchise with Dune, and working with such an acclaimed director, Denis Villeneuve. Tom Holland, he got his breakthrough through superheroes. That's like kind of the very rare thing i know exactly in the middle right i'm just agreeing with you gotcha all right so that's gonna be fascinating to see uh moving on with the checkup we have christopher nolan and warner we got warner brothers all over the place christopher nolan and warner warner brothers are reportedly not working together anymore according to the wall street journal for nearly two decades nolan and the studio have turned out some major major bangers however it appears that their relationship 
championship is coming to an end after a tumultuous 2020. Nolan's Tenet was supposed to open in theaters in July, but the public health crisis, right, caused some delays, ever hear of it, which the director at studio tried to avoid. Nolan wanted the wanted the movie to be the one that got people back into theaters after the pandemic. They disagreed on when the movie was going to release. Warner Bros. Uh, surprised everyone also, including their partners, when they announced their hybrid release strategy that we hinted at with uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. They decided to make all their upcoming movies available in theaters and HBO Max on the same day, which didn't sit well with Nolan. So, Nez, any idea what studio might pick up uh, Nolan for his next film? I mean... Any studio would be, I mean, you know, any studio should do it. Warner Bros. Like they, they totally fumbled the bag here. I mean, this is like drop. This is like getting, you know, somebody of like this is like dropping Tarantino or having Tarantino drop you because you won't uh, give him that sort of creative control or control. It's Christopher Nolan. He's like the greatest actor of this generation, and he's leaving your studio. That says a lot about you. Um, when it comes to studios, you know. I'm not, I don't remember, I'm not that knowledgeable, but uh, just off the top of my head, maybe like a Universal or something might want to do something like that. Is Universal yeah. part of it? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Flix off, off, off recording actually said Universal would be a possibility. Flix, what do you think? Yeah, so the reason why I thought Universal is that even though they are connected with NBC Universal, which has Peacock, Peacock hasn't come out really with anything like to say that they will, will do a strict to streaming review, uh, straight to streaming uh, movie release. They haven't said anything like that. They'll start and they've still been willing to put money into their budgets for motion picture releases, uh, cinema releases for their motion pictures. Obviously a Netflix, that's probably a no go there and Hulu's like the no goes for streaming services. Clearly I know for me, I would, if you go pre Disney acquisition of Fox, uh, uh, Fox uh, 20th century, I would have said it's 20th century because he has that experience uh, as a Nolan has that connection with them because in 2006 he came out with the prestige and before it was 20th century it was Buena Vista pictures actually and um, they helped him release but now with the Disney connection and Disney Plus I'm not I'm not sure but I'm, I could see that possibility I know Do- I know Dr. O wants to say another one I won't I won't take his uh, thunder away from his studio but i guess my last point before i hand it off to him is that obviously it's got to be someone that is willing to release to theaters only and he won't go there unless it's that that's the case but also with that it's got to be someone a studio that's willing to give him the budget he wants 200 million plus just to make the movie not just not just the actors not just the marketing 200 million just to make the movie for an original title not a lot of studios will do that unless it's a non-original title like a superhero movie based on comics or something like that, a franchise. So it's got to be someone that's willing to do that. Not a lot of studios will, so it's going to be interesting to see. Great points. So you got to make sure the studio it goes to has got to be committed to the theater experience. Like you're not going to see him like Scorsese sign a deal with Apple TV. You're not going to see like the Russo brothers with Netflix. Like you're not going to have that situation. Or David Fincher, I think also has a Netflix deal. But um, I was thinking this actually parallels a little bit to like when ter- this is like a free agent. I'm wearing a LeBron James jersey right now. And the <laughs> listeners can't see, but this is like, like he's gonna be courted by all these different studios. Uh, he's gonna be wined and dined like same style as like any NBA like superstar free agent. And I and he's gonna break this, all the like, Knicks fans' hearts. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Yeah. Scar and like, I, I don't even know who we'd consider the Knicks in that scenario. Like the one who's always like like that high one who can't like that great studio who can't seem to like or the formerly great studio who can't get back up there and can't get that uh, those big names anymore. But 
I'm thinking like this is also similar to when Tarantino was like a free agent. Remember this when Weinstein studio, like Weinstein, like and every yeah, all that imploded. went down. Yeah, and he eventually uh, signed on with Sony. So I'm thinking, okay, let's like let's maybe we have the same thing going on here. Maybe we have Nolan signing with Sony, who's obviously committed to the theater experience as well. So I wouldn't be surprised by that. And they got great visual effect movies, so I wouldn't be surprised at all. And that's obviously a big part, big play for Nolan. And then we Rock get a games. Christopher Nolan Spider-Man trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> we can get a gritty, we can get a like a grounded one, gritty one, dark. Gets a style. Batman, yeah, Batman and series and Spider-Man series. <laughs> The opposite ends of the spectrum. Uh, I know. Like, how would you ground Spider-Man? How do you make it so it's like real? You know, it's almost impossible. You got Doc. Have, have him just- Death mode activated nonstop. You, you got Doc Ock just being like, "You want to know how I got these legs? <laughs> these tentacles? Yeah, make it. Yeah, just make him like the scariest like Spider-Man villain of all time. Just like, oh. just absolutely. Yeah, may, maybe even put an R rating on a Spider-Man movie. Make, Whoa, make this that's thing not really... very friendly neighborhood Spider-Man of him. <laughs> right, but uh, I don't know. Just I'm just throwing stuff out there. Who knows? But yeah, Sony with that. That's that. That's that's definitely a interesting idea for sure. That's probably up there with the betting odds. Also, can I just say yeah. that we stand Christopher Nolan, a king that wants to keep the movie theaters going. You know how we yes, do it on this course. podcast. We're bringing the movie theaters back. We are going to bring these back in 2021. And uh, just keep on the lookout because once they start dropping some movies in the theaters, we're going to be doing some movie theater reviews. We're going to be interviewing people out of movie theaters. We're gonna, we're, 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 our campaign will remain going strong, especially with the support of Christopher Nolan, who wants to keep the movie theaters in business and wants to release his movies in theaters. We love it. Love to Stand see it. on. Stand on. All right. We got our last piece of the checkup here. We had, we were bombarded this week by a bevy of delays. We had A Quiet Place Part 2 pushed to September 2020, September 17th to be exact. No Time to Die, James Bond uh, pushed back again to October 8th, 2021. Ghostbusters Afterlife pushed to November 11th, 2021. We have Uncharted uh, starring Tom Holland pushed to 2022. Last Night in Soho from Edgar Wright. Uh, shout out last episode. Uh, with uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. That's pushed to October 22nd, 2022. Oh, yeah. Who knows? Is it one or two? I think it's 2021, two, actually. Two. Oh, it's 21. Two. Last Night in Soho? Uh, that's what it says. Yeah, here. Last Night in Soho is, uh, I think it's 21. It's 21. 21. Oh. That's a typo. Yeah. Um, okay, boys. A uh, bunch of delays. Uh, surprise, surprise. We're living in a pandemic. Um, what are you most disappointed for? <laughs> what, what, is getting, what is getting you, what's getting you down the dumps from that list of movies? Obviously, Last Night in Soho. I mean, you know, Edgar Wright, he's like my favorite director. So I wanted to, uh, you know, I wanted to see that movie and I wanted to see what he can do, especially making a movie in a in kind of a different uh, time. Um, you know, usually a lot of his movies are very modern, right? So they're not very set mm-hmm. in, in uh, back in the day. This one is set when, again, in the 60s? 60s London. 60s. 60s London. So... Um, him doing kind of like a period piece or something that's uh, a little bit older is definitely going to be in- very interesting to me. Um, the fact that it's delay, it's got me down in the dumps. You know, I love Edgar Wright. He's my favorite director. So that's my pick for down in the dumps pick of the week. <laughs> <laughs> the down in the dumps delay. Flex, you? For me, it's I think it's clearly James Bond. The, the finale for Daniel Craig, I feel like that's just... the arguably the biggest movie of the year that just keeps getting delayed and delayed and delayed. 
I think it's the James Bond. Like, this is the final one for Daniel Craig, as I said. Aren't they Armas? We're still waiting for her next movie after Knives Out. And she's going to be in deep water, which is now going to... Now, don't time that I was pushed to October 8th, around the same time as Deep Water is scheduled to release for this year, which is also with Ben Affleck. True love is lost. But I think that's the clear winner here for Biggest Down in the Dumps. The winner for Down in the Dumps. Uh, dude, No Time to Die, I feel like that's been pushed back 30 times. Yeah, it has. Like, it's, like, it's, it's insane. It's like, I, like, I'm sick of hearing about this movie, and I just want to see it. So it's like, it's like killing my hype. It's killing it absolutely. It's just absolute buzzkill every time. It shows up on my timeline. And then, I mean, I wasn't that excited for like Ghostbusters Afterlife. I, Paul I, Rudd. Yeah, I love Paul Rudd, I was going to say. But uh, I'm still not that pumped for it. Quiet Place Part 2, I'm intrigued by that movie, but I don't think it's going to – it's not ruining my level of hype for it, really. I think it is uh, It is meant for theaters, right? Uh, Ricky Flicks always talks about Quiet Place, uh, the, initial, the uh, first installment being uh, an ex- insane theater experience. So I'm looking forward to that, I guess. So I'm willing to wait. Uh, Uncharted, don't really care about it. Okay, uh, I I'm going to interrupt you. That, I think – for me, for most anticipated movies of the year, that was an underrated one. I wanted to see Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg Uncharted. go at it. Yeah, Uncharted. Sorry, what did I say? I, I'm not. I'm not a Mark Wahlberg guy unless it's in the movie Behind Me or Departed. Like, I'm. He's just so overrated. Right, but it's still he's a superstar, and honestly, him and Tom Holland together is crazy. Like, that would be a crazy matchup. Yeah, like I, I guess it'd be interesting just because they're both like great action stars. Uh but I'm just I'm 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 not a big video game fan, so it doesn't draw me in the first place. And I'm just much more interested in like the recent Tom Holland stuff that's on the way. You know, it's just like on the bottom yeah. of my list. Makes I've sense. never played the game, but I hear that the story is actually incredible. And, like mm-hmm. people, like the gaming community, is very very excited about this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they're gonna they're considering it, or that this might be the the like finally the the video game movie that comes out and is actually good because nothing right. of the sort has happened. Assassin's Creed. My Mortal Kombat. I was watching it on Sci-Fi Network the other day. It's so bad, but like, another one. I I used to love that. Um, oh, I love Mortal Kombat in general. I mean, it's it's, it's a sick concept. Honestly, the the story is pretty dope. Um, but no, Uncharted is supposed to be really good in terms of the story. So I'm pretty excited about that. You you brought up the Mortal Kombat uh, movie that's coming. They they had those preview images. Yeah. Uh, and they had that guy who looked that uh, it was it was an African American man. He was. He looked like a blend. It looked like as if Steve Harvey and Denzel had a kid, like with the mustache and the bald head. Yeah, like he just, it somehow looked like exactly like both of them at the same time. I didn't even know that, this, that these came out. Yeah, so I we we did yeah. we sent a tweet about it. I think I said I literally said those exact words in the tweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, it, it, it looks exactly like it, like them, like both of them. Um, so that does it for the checkup. Uh, yeah, a lot of Warner Brothers news, a lot of movie delays. Let's send it over to Nez for our review of Promising Young Woman. All right. Next on the docket here, we have our review of Promising Young Woman. Uh, it's a new movie that just came out. It's currently rating at 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, and here's just the, uh, the synopsis here uh, provided by Google. Nothing in Cassie's life is what it appears to be. She's wickedly smart, tantalizingly cunning. She's living a secret double life by night. Now, an unexpected encounter is about to give Cassie a chance to right the wrongs from the past. All right, guys. 
uh, promising young woman. How do you feel about it? Tell me, uh, you know, did you like the movie? Um, what did you like? This is a spoiler free review, by the way. So uh, feel free to keep listening. There's, there, we're not going to spoil the movie for you, but um, let's get your thoughts, guys. Yeah, I thought this movie it definitely had some rom-com elements, but it kind of humanized and balanced out the movie between the dark comedy that it was, uh, the dark ap- aspects that it had. And I thought it was really enjoyable to watch and entertaining. And Carrie Mulligan, Oscar-nominated actress, really put on a heck of a performance here. And Bo Burnham, honestly, holding his weight with an Oscar-nominated actress, really showing his worth as an actor and possibly a come up for him. I know he directed and wrote Eighth Grade, critically acclaimed two years ago, an unbelievable movie there. Um, But now taking his presence as an actor, Holding his weight, like I said, just very impressed the entire way through with those two actors. And I love this movie. What about you guys? Man, uh, this movie was sick. Like I, this, this movie kind of came out of nowhere. It was one where you, you see like, oh, it's streaming on YouTube. Like I'm going to go to YouTube and see a new movie. What is this? Like Charlie bit my finger. Like what am I looking at here? And so it's like, <laughs> then like no one's going to go to the theaters really to see it. But I mean, this was so worth it. And I, there was, there was like a, uh, a little bit of hype going into it. Uh, there's a lot of murmurs going on saying like Carrie Mulligan's like slayed it. And at the tone of this movie is pretty much unlike anything we've ever seen before in terms of its style, in terms of mixing that dark comedy uh, with like a, a thriller. You're mixed with one minute, you're watching a Judd Apatow, like romantic comedy. And all of a sudden you're watching a David Fincher nail biter. It's like, right. it, it was just, mm-hmm. it was something like a style that was fresh. And it's like an idea with like, it's like a me too style, like in terms of like its theme, and it's like it doesn't it's something that is discussed so much in uh society today to put this type of spin on it and like to make it so entertaining and like gripping it really it's just i thought it was just a masterpiece all nearly a masterpiece like i think mm-hmm. it should be a contender for uh, uh oscars for sure yeah absolutely i i thoroughly enjoyed this movie um it's very very dark yet somehow grounded in reality Mm. where you can see some sort of story like this uh, unfolding. And I think that's really the biggest part of this movie is the the kind of raw realism in it. Uh, Even in her own plot, her, uh, I guess, if you want to call it a revenge plot, um, there was no, you know, it wasn't like very Hollywood to the point where like, there's this crazy, you know, you know, bombs going off guns, you know, I don't know. It's like, it's very grounded in reality in terms of, you know, how, everything ends up transpiring um, over the course of a movie while at the same time kind of feeling out of this world um, with with the way that she is and how she conducts herself and and the hobby that she's kind of chosen in this movie um, but uh, but when it really comes to to the things that that happen in this movie um, uh, you know it's it's definitely grounded in rea- reality in, in, a, in a very dark reality that many people uh, are you know kind of choose to not look into at the at, at these days uh, but is being brought more and more to the forefront uh, and i think this movie does a really good job of bringing uh, you know these topics to the forefront yeah and they did it in unusual ways and i think one of the unusual ways or the main one that pops out to me in this movie was the one with uh the mom from friday night Lights. connie Britton. dude that scene was cold that <laughs> scene was cold and i know spoiler the free but it was I think you'll you'll when you watch the movie, if you haven't already, I think that was at least the 
one of the main scenes for me that I took away from this movie about not only the performances with uh, the main performance from Carrie Mulligan, but just the storyline and how dark this reality that Emerald uh, Fresnel is showing you in this movie, who actually wrote and directed this movie in her first ever feature film or full feature film, but also just the different elements of the comedic and then the balancing with the dark uh, aspects as well. And like, you feel like every emotion also when you're watching this movie, like literally, as I said before, I'm I'm like, I'm an Apatow with like the romantic comedy with Bill, uh, with uh, Bo Burnham. And then it's like the final act is like literally heart pounding. I like my, like literally, Mm -hmm. and then there's other times where you feel so sorry for this character, but then you're also like, who is this sicko? You know, with like the way she's acting and the way she's tricking these, these men into thinking that she's drunk and then they take advantage of her but who's wrong in that scenario it's really the man i think that's kind of like it goes into obviously the theme in this movie um and i think also what i want to talk about is like the aspect of the, the thriller here you know how you know it's an amazing thriller is that you have these feelings go through your heart pounding but you don't see a single drop of blood the entire movie you didn't see a single drop of blood and your heart is just racing the like for a lot of the scenes. So I think it just goes to uh, the credit of who's the, who directed this? Emerald for now. It's her first ever film. First ever. Holy cannoli. But I think, I think you brought up an interesting point with the blood is that they teased it in the beginning. And I will spoil this because it's the first five minutes of the movie. Mm -hmm. It's when she gets the, her first victim slash uh, guy that she gets with, they don't show what happens to the guy but they show her walking home doing the walk of shame and she's eating like a donut or a hot dog or something and ketchup's like going on her um, or jelly or whatever it is. And it looks like blood. Yeah. I thought it was blood. Right. So I thought those thriller aspects were there and just to kind of transition back to the style of the movie, this would have been amazing in theaters. I know it is in theaters right now and in uh, some theaters, uh, but I watched it on YouTube. I know you guys did. Even though I think it would have been amazing, the suspense of this movie, especially the ending, I would have walked out of that theater like barely walking, just stumbling down because my head would have been in a nutshell pretzel. This was a great YouTube yeah. buy. This yeah. is an unbelievable twenty dollars YouTube Worth buy. Sure. Way better than King of Staten Island. Yeah, for like sure. King of Staten Island, great movie, but or good movie, <laughs> but this like kicks that butt like out of the water for kicks twenty bucks. Behind. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Speak, speaking of uh, of the thriller elements, did you guys catch the uh, the over the horror like music overture at the end? Did you did you yes. or tort, like at the climax of the movie that it Britney? was toxic by Britney Spears? Yes. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Dude, that, I, I he heard it. It like was like it. very creepy, <laughs> and I was like, oh my god! I was like, I was like, oh my god! It's Britney, bitch! Oh, like literally, unreal. like they're pl- it's like it. I feel like it's coming more and more common since us when they uh, they did I Got Five yes. on it. They did the creepy version of that. Yes. And yeah. now more and more people are, use, are using like familiar uh, songs as like horror movie overtures. So I thought that was a really interesting touch. But especially in this movie, I thought it was a really cool touch on how uh, – how they used, you know, Britney, a Britney Spears song that everybody loves from back in the day and they made it creepy. When you think about that violin in that song, it does sound a little creepy, especially when you slow it down. So oh I think gosh. that was very well done. And then it's also like the buildup and the suspense that that final act brought. And like, if we're trying to sell people to see this movie on a spoiler-free review, you're going to see a final act you haven't seen in a movie ever. Like like, you, like this type of buildup and mm-hmm. where you've had multiple twists throughout the movie, um, it's, it's 100% worth it. So that's what we're talking about. Okay, you're paying 20 bucks to see this. Like 100%, you're going to like, you're going to feel like that was worth, that was well yes. worth your money spent. Um, Carrie Mulligan, 
absolutely fantastic and such a layered role too. Like it's like she's such a dark person, but she means she has like oh, unreasonable ways of going of accomplishing her um her goal. Like it's like her motives are in the right place, but it's such a she's such a sick mind. And then she's also falling in love at the same time. There's so many dynamics going on with her. And I just think she absolutely murders it. I actually didn't think the acting for everybody else was that great. Bo Burnham just played himself. Like that's just him, you know? Yeah. I felt I felt like he's just playing Bo Burnham as well, the boyfriend. Like I didn't feel like he did anything that special. And uh but I I'm not, I'm gonna I'm, I'm not gonna say that. he's trash. I'm just saying he's just playing himself, being snarky and funny. That's Bo Burnham. I thought he did a good job. Uh, I agree. A good thing I think this movie does throughout the entirety of it is it, it's constantly subverting your expectations, right? Like you expect this movie to go in one direction, it goes in the other. Then you see it going in a, in a certain direction, and then it's like, no, wait, no, we're not going that way. It's like it's like you you can't really predict the final outcome of this movie because it's constantly it's a very agile as it, as it goes. You can't catch up with it, and then the end comes, and it all kind of comes together. But throughout this movie, you're kind of it's constantly changing, right? Like it's developing, and 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 you have no idea where they're gonna go or that's not even true. You think you have an idea of where the movie's going to go, and then it goes in another direction. And then you think, then you think you're caught on, and then it goes into another direction. Like it's it's very interesting how they put this together and how the story really unfolds. Uh, I found it extremely interesting and, and and overall very entertaining as a whole. It just holds your attention. Like it, I thought the pacing is fantastic, just because there was not a moment where I was out of it. Like my eyes were glued to the screen, and I think that is just it goes to um, Emerald last name. Fennell. Fennell. Uh, and, the, and the directorial debut. It's just fantastic. And the way it just kept my attention and it made me feel all these things. And uh, I'm very important in, in, with such an important theme. Yeah. And it's amazing creativity, but it's also with a simple concept, like something that you can understand as the Me Too movement's going on and very powerful and prevalent in the world today. And this just took, took that and to the, like took that and made it, really highlight that and put an exclamation point at the end with it with that crazy twist of an ending and i think it was very bold by especially someone in their debut their their first ever movie that wrote and directed it to make an ending that controversial or debatable online there's such a clear divide if you're you're either in or Mm -hmm. out on the ending really Mm -hmm. and i respect the boldness of this director they went all out and all out it's just from a debut just with that splash but you you can't help like Bo, like i said bo burnham like he made a, a bold bold movie eighth grade like, talking about uh middle school adolescents working with eight literally eighth graders that's so hard to do when you're director of debut he took that boldness also a 24 that that obviously helps mm-hmm. but also like margot Ro- roby helped produce this so that that has her experience Bombshell, as well another me too bombshell so margot roby has that experience from that as well so just very interesting concept that she took and really put her creative spin on it i agree man and uh i I couldn't recommend this any more highly great movie 95 for dr o well we're going scores now throwing my score out 95 for me i'm a 93 personally i do like the tonal changes because it kind of symbolizes uh like what she's going through but i do think it was a little too much and i think actually bo burnham I do. I don't agree with you to fully, uh, Doctor O. Mm-hmm. But as I think he did well, as he, like I said in the beginning, held his weight to an Oscar-nominated actress. But I just don't think the tonal strips exactly balanced out perfectly with yeah. his character as well. Gotcha. 
Yeah, I really like this movie, um, but I'm going to give it an 85. Uh, I want to say that I really, really enjoyed the movie itself. I thought it was good. Um, I don't think that there's rewatch value for me. Uh, I, I watched it once. I enjoyed it. I don't think I'll be revisiting it, if that makes sense. I mean, yeah, maybe because like you – like the biggest part of this movie was like the twists and turns and the tonal changes. It's trying to so keep you're not up. Gonna, yeah, exactly, you're not gonna, yeah. You're not going to keep that feeling the next time you watch it. And that's why I think it goes with also Ricky Flix's idea that this could be a movie theater movie, man. Like that's what like, you look for. And if yeah. you're not watching like an action movie, you're looking for something that's really going to really blow your mind. And this, I thought in, it just blew my mind in more ways than one. Um, yeah. And that's why I think a lot. And the one thing I wanted to say about the ending, it was a stretch, but I think it would, it needed to take that stretch in order to kind of separate itself. We're talking mm. about a YouTube movie, you know, like, like the, mm. how many other YouTube releases have we ever talked about on this podcast or just like in general. So I think they had like this director that had to go out there and be bold with it. And I, I love the move and I thought it made for a great payoff in the end. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. So uh, 85 for me. What was it for you guys? 95. 93 for Ricky Flicks. 95 and 93. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, any more comments before I go ahead and throw her over to Ricky Flicks for top billing? All Gucci. All good. All right. That concludes our review of Promising Young Woman. It is now time for our marquee matchup of the evening. I'm going to send it over to Ricky Flicks for top billing. Thank you, Nez. All right, today's top billing is inspired by UFC 257. Conor McGregor lost to Dustin Poirier. Sorry if you McGregor stands, but this top billing is going to be a fight between the three of us for movie fighters. Who is the who are the best movie fighters? Fighters in movies. So we are picking the actual characters, not actors, like we did last week for movie actors we like to hang out with. We're picking movie characters. Once a character is is picked. It is off the board. No repeats allowed. And before we get going, do we have any questions on this? I know one limitation is no superheroes and no Star Wars characters. That's the only one that I came up with. If you guys have any questions or concerns, please say them now or forever hold your peace. Now I'm good to go. I'm good to go. Better be. Okay, now we're ready to get into it. Dr. Rowe will have the first pick. We have determined the draft order in advance. It goes Dr. Rowe, Ricky Flicks, then Nez, and then it's going to be a snake. So Nez will have the second pick, or the first pick of the second round, and then we'll just snake it along our, for five picks. So Dr. Rowe, please go ahead. Top billing of movie fighters. Okay, so I was lucky enough to have the first pick here. I don't mind having the first pick, especially when I get the snake on the way uh, when I when it finally comes back to me for my second and third pick. But uh, I'm gonna go with Bruce Lee and Enter the Dragon as my number one pick. Uh, I think this is kind of a layup. He got like the number one mixed martial artist actor of all time, the guy who really started it all. Um, and it's just it's like one of those movies where you can look at YouTube clips and just watch him kick butt. And like, it's just like, you don't even have to watch the full movie. You just go on YouTube and watch how he fights. And he, he spurned a whole genre like on his own. And like the Kung Fu, like what inspiration has come after that? It's just Bruce Lee. He's the GOAT movie fighter. So I got to take him with the number one pick. So yeah, enter the dragon, Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. Great pick. Great yeah. pick. Now my, my question is I can't pick Bruce Lee for any other movie now, right? Or 
Ooh, that's because Enter the Dragon would not be my first choice. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I don't know if Enter the Dragon would have been mine either, but, but I think he's off the board. I feel like, <sighs> yeah, I feel like this is All right, well, if he's off the board, if he's off the board, I'm going with Game of Death for, for Bruce Lee, for the record. Game of okay. Death. Come okay. on, dude. Okay. He's got the iconic that's, yellow suit that they stole for Kill Bill. That's what I'm, that's, that's I'm yeah. with you, Nez. I'm with you. Yeah, he's got a phone. Fight through all these people. Game of Death is the one, man. Game of Death. I, uh, I've, I watched kung fu movies with my dad, like from when I was like, you know, a, like a child, which maybe I shouldn't have been watching them at that young age, but love kung fu movies and they're, they're amazing, especially the ones where they got English dubbed over them and like yeah. so like mismatch. Mm. It's so funny. Um, you know, otherwise though, you know, great pick, Bruce Lee. Obviously, a number one. Uh, draft choice. He was top of my big board, but uh, for Game of Death instead of Enter the Dragon. Yeah, I think I yeah. like Enter the Dragon a lot more as a movie. But if I was yeah. picking, like movie fighter, like him and Game of Death is just that's just pure Bruce Lee there. For, yeah, I feel yeah. like he's a little restricted in Enter the Dragon, and but a I, bit. I don't know. There's plenty of like, he shows off his talents. Like even when he's training and he's taking out, he doesn't have the suit. He doesn't. And the, the epic last battle, too. I know Game of Death has that epic last battle, but I'm saying, like, overall, during the movie, he's kicking butt the entire time. Like, it's not yeah, like, 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 no, it's, it's, a, dying, great, you know? it's a great first, uh, it's a great 1-1, one, one, like, first overall pick. Just give and me a I'm, hard well, time. And I'm a huge he's, Enter the Dragon fan. Like, he's, I just, yeah. uh, he's so good in the in those movies, like, like with, like, his sound effects, like, that. Yeah. <laughs> like, the way that. <laughs> All-time sound like, effects. Like, you know what I mean? He, like, embodies it. And, like, you know, obviously, he's, like, an amazing, you know, martial artist. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. he really obviously embodies it. But, like, the way that he was able to translate it into the movies and make himself, like, very, like, enjoyable to watch and likable. So sick. Uh, I've been planning. I wanted, I wanted, I want to be Bruce Lee from Game of Death in, like, the yellow jumpsuit or whatever. Uh, I've been yeah. try- dying to do that for the past couple of Halloweens, but I haven't pulled the trigger yet. Maybe this is the year. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a good first pick for Dr. O, but it goes to me for my second. Now, before I go with my pick, I would say that I think having the second pick in this draft is not good because I don't get the back-to-back picks. I feel like for this draft, that's going to play a huge part in strategy-wise, but I'm going to go with Arya Stark. Arya Stark will be my first pick. Are we? Are we doing? So we're doing. Whoa! We, whoa! So we're whoa, doing. So you're whoa. pulling an S. So you're pulling an S. What? Wait, wait, what's wrong? We're with going TV. Show. Oh! Sh- Whoops! Crap! I'm so sorry. Are you pulling an S though? Do you? No, are no, you kidding me? After no. you guys crucified I, I me for picking that. It, it was for sorry. That, yeah, oh that's my, my fault. God. Egregious. Hand up! Hand up! Hand up! I sorry. thought it was a direct shot at Nez for like that for his pick. I no, I. So when I when I was thinking like who like I, that was just my one one I that's who I wanted but obviously it's not a movie oh my god all right dang are you insane dang it well she's sick though I know it's not gonna yeah. not gonna go with it, it but been a good, yeah, that would have been a great one Thanksgiving at the Frey's house but either way you know hey at least I'm I'm a man of integrity I'm a man of integrity and I took it off unlike you, you took it, yeah. I'm a man of integrity I would have allowed it based no, it's not allowed. It's not allowed. Based off precedent. Based off precedent, I would have allowed that. No, pick. the precedent is changing. Not allowed. That's well, my can't fault. Change precedent has already been set. No, I'm changing the precedent. Exercise his power veto. No, there's no, no. That was a one-time thing. Outlier. All right, now to get back to it. All right, just all right. I'll keep it simple now. I'm a little hesitant now to go with my number two because I'm afraid of backlash. I don't want to go back-to-back controversy. Controversies. I'm going John Wick. The boogeyman. 
master of death. I'm going with him. Enough said. Boogeyman. Yeah, uh, yeah that's a good he, pick. He's automatic and like like he's unstoppable. Like he the guy doesn't die. And like he we are we're getting two more movies with John Wick. Like it, like we're going on forever with these bad boys. And he's gonna be living and he's gonna be kicking butt the entire time with his dog alongside him. The whole world is trying to kill him and he's just taking them down one by one. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Parabellum. All right. Quick pop quiz. How many people has John Wick killed? Too many. 300. Movie trivia. Over, over 300 oh, maybe? So you got 300. Flex, uh, come on. Give me a guess. It, like scene on oh, screen. So scene on screen? Or yeah. Screen? Scene oh, on screen. Oh. I'm going to go 188 on screen. I was, I'm going to change my guess. I thought it was just like in the I – know, I know it's a graphic novel, so I, I mm-hmm. thought it was just going to be that. But I'm going to – on screen, 152. Wow. You shouldn't have changed your guess because he's killed 299 people on screen. Oh, my wow. God. What? 300, 300 would have been right a perfect there. guess. Yeah, that would have been a perfect guess. That's insane. 299. Wow. That's insane action. <laughs> three right. movies, 300 Ridic- kills. He's averaging 100 <laughs> kills screen. a movie. <laughs> it's unbelievable. He's the boogeyman. God. He's the boogeyman. Boogeyman. That's a, great, that's a great pick, Ricky Flex. All right. Over to you. Two picks for you, Nez. Your first All round right. pick, though. Here we go. My first round pick is going to be Neo from The Matrix. Guy is an absolute. I mean, he's mastered like a mil- He like downloaded like a bunch all the martial arts ever and just like went ham. That fight scene with Morpheus is insane. I mean, he's just literally such a beast. He dodges bullets. He he fights the agents or whatever, and uh, he's just absolutely insane. Revolu- first of all, like revolutionized the action genre when that movie came out and the way that they did that. Um, but yeah, that's going to be my, easily my first overall pick for, uh, greatest movie fighters of all time. I so, am not picking a fight with Neo. So I, this was my number two overall, but I was afraid to pick it because of controversy. Technically he's a superhero. So yeah. So that, this would be a potential veto because he has this those is, powers. Yeah. Like he, like he what? literally no, is a superhero. A he flies. He f- he's a human. Neo is a human. Yeah. Neo is a human. But he's, uh, he goes into the list. matrix. It's not like I, he doesn't. I, wait, that, hold on, hold on. You're gonna, you're as, a, as a person, he doesn't have supernatural abilities or or any sort of like he was. But you're not picking him as a person, though. Are, are you picking him as a person? Of course, I'm picking him as a person. But then he know, he's then a, he's, he's a hacker. Matrix. He's a ex hacker. No, I'm picking Neo, and there's nothing I, you guys I, can do. I, about I'm just it. mad because I literally would have picked that. I was just We're con- best. He's not a superhero. It's what I'm trying to book think. about the He's the one now. But like, I'm trying to think. He right kind of is though. I, I'm like I don't. This is so tough. I'm not gonna throw the veto because this is. This it is, like he is though. This is he is not a superhero. He is not a superhero. Like he's well, not. He's not traditionally thought of as a superhero. Like if you say greatest superheroes, you don't say Neo. You know what I mean? I agree with I, that. That, does, that. Does that make him not a like? Yeah. A, if we like, did a superhero top billing. Neo wouldn't be on there. Okay. okay. Get out of here, Arya Stark. You you can't even say <laughs> Walter Frey, take it easy. At least I'm a man of integrity. All right, it's your Walter. second pick. Well, my second, my grandfather's my second Walter. That's why I was pick saying. is going to be uh, Lee from Rush Hour, Jackie Chan's character. Mm. Guy is sick. Guy is sick. Hand to hand combat, unstoppable. Taking down all the goons. Pow 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 pow. Ha ha ha. Also, dancing to uh to war. With uh, with Chris Tucker, uh, that's one of my yeah, that's one of my that's one of my favorite movies. I mean, Jesus, that I, I, I well, growing up, it used to be on like you know, 
TNT or something like all the time, like during the day. I used to watch it with my cousins all the time. And I used to watch Jackie Chan just kick butt all the time growing up, idolizing him, wishing I could fight like that at some, making me want to take some martial arts classes, which I never did. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's the move. That's my second round pick, Lee from Russia. Jack- Jackie Chan deserves a spot on this somewhere. And I, mm-hmm. I think you had in like rush hour, like mm-hmm. low key also one of the, it's like one of the funniest trilogies of the two thousands doesn't get it to do like yeah. rush hour three is a hilarious movie. And then, uh, you know, Jackie Chan does his thing and he's all just all around. He's like the successor to Bruce Lee. Yeah. Um, Jackie Chan inspired, uh, I think hundreds of thousands of kids to buy that t-shirt that said, I do all my own stunts. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Everybody in elementary school, there yeah. were like seven kids with that t-shirt that was like, I do all my own stunts. Jackie Chan actually does all his own stunts. So uh, he inspired many people to buy that t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Interesting you picked Rush Hour of the Jackie Chan movies. Interesting. It's just one of my favorites. And also when I'm thinking hand-to-hand combat, I'm thinking about the stuff that he does like in that movie. I know. I know. But you, really you, cool. I know I also criticized Enter the Dragon. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm just saying there's other Jackie Chan movies that he fights in. So I'm just interested by you picked Rush Hour. But okay. Now, my second pick is going to be The Bride, Kill Bill. I think Unreal Suit, obviously, homage to Bruce Lee there like we talk, that uh, mm-hmm. Nez brought up. Just the vengeance with her I want on my, on, on my squad, that vengeance. And she's a pure assassin, deadly assassin in the world. I want that. Give me the Hanzo sword the bride uh she is she has so many different dynamics with her fighting katori hanzo's sword and she could take on so many people at one time she takes out all the deadly vipers like Crazy she was uh, if you didn't pick her if you didn't if you didn't take her i was going to take her with my second round pick so that's a good pick and she as we said with game of death yellow suit iconic mm-hmm. and then an unstoppable move by the way with a five point palm exploding <laughs> heart like that's oh iconic. yeah so you yeah, got like, oh, an automatic move. The five-finger death right. punch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, automatic. But all right, Dr. O, two picks for you. Okay. Let me scan my list here. I'm going to go with something I could probably get later, but he is a legend. I'm going to go with Brad Pitt's Achilles in Troy. Um, the One of the great one-on-one fighters in any movie of all time. Uh, he starts off so hot with that jump stab right in the beginning of the movie. And he is the most ruthless, ruthless uh, fighter, maybe in any movie of all time with that one-on-one battle with Hector. He drags his dead body back to the camp. Like, I think this is a uh, kind of a hidden pick. And uh, I think Brad Pitt, he has so many different like fightings, like, like he's like powerful fighters. Like, and I think Achilles is his best one. You know, you can, you can list a bunch. Don't want to yeah. choose picks, but I think this is one he's most dominant. I think this is, I think for this one, like oozes swag. Like he looks the part, but just a huge weakness. Huge weakness. Yeah, it's in his name. But when it comes to one-on-one fighting, like he doesn't die. Like when he has his weakness, like like obviously exposed, he's not in a one-on-one battle. Like what we're talking about. You know, he's like, it's like, take the way they shot it in the movie. They're like in the middle, it's like the Trojan horse. And then all of a sudden he's shot in the Achilles. Like it was the most BS way of it actually happening in my opinion. It's such a legendary story, but like, he's just an incredible one-on-one fighter. Of course. Of course. And the way he speaks too, the way he talks trash when he's fighting, 
right? When he's talking with Hector, yeah, uh, right. it's like it's like so he's like we have an audience to see you fall and things like that. It's just like it's mm-hmm. it, the way he speaks. I, I I just love him in that role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's great. Great trash talker. Like all the greatest, all the great fighters are have to be good trash talkers. Like you know McGregor and stuff. So you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta have it. Imagine if like if UFC fighters spoke like you know like it's back in the day. It's like the blood, my blood will be on your head. So like they like spoke all like epic and stuff like that. It'd be hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the audience will see you fall. Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah, like trash talking is essential to uh, this type of top billing. I think your overconfidence is your weakness. Kind <laughs> of sounds like him in the movie. Kind <laughs> of sounds like him. All right, Doctor O, your third pick. So still on me. Um, I'm gonna go Tommy Conlon and Warrior. I think he's also an unstoppable fighter. One of the one of the best, most underrated sports movies of all time. He's a badass fighter. He would have been undefeated if not for breaking his arm. The only way he could be defeated is by someone breaking his arm. He had there was no way he was going to lose. And he was also like, he just did his business. He would go take out his enemy. He would just walk out of the ring before they even counted down because he knew he knocked them out. Tom Hardy, uh, with that like. I guess that demeanor, like that menacing demeanor, and it's just all business. I'm going Tommy Conlon and Warrior. Yeah, no, it's a great pick. Unbelievable strength. He ripped off a door underwater. I don't know how you do that. Just unbelievable strength, knockout potential to the max. It's a great pick. Also a man of integrity, unlike someone on this podcast wouldn't know. <laughs> All-time man cry movie, by the way. All-time man cry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Warrior. It's like like every time I watch it, you you feel a tear coming on. And uh, yeah. Few movies that do that. Very powerful. So, mm. Tommy Nick, Conlon. Nick Nolte in that movie. Oh my God. Yeah, that was just sad to see. Yeah, Oof. he was great, though. Mm-hmm. Great pick. All right. On to me. So, I'm debating between two. I think I'm going to I'm gonna wait on one, hoping that Nez doesn't pick it. I'm going to go. I need a leader on my team, someone that can overthrow a regime. Maximus from Gladiator. Maximus oh. from Gladiator. I, I didn't. Oh. I felt like Nez might take him before the next round, so oh, I felt like totally I, was. So I'm gonna go with him now. I think I just need. I have John Wick and the Bride, like just two assassins. Just they are death, and they're individual. They work alone. I need a leader, Maximus. So Maximus, what did cross my mind, but when it comes to one-on-one battles, he's more of a team player and a leader. Like he is a like if you watch him, even in the Coliseum, he is surrounded with a supporting cast, and he's great at leading them. He is a great fighter. But that's why who I was choosing between Achilles and him. And I choose Achilles because if we're doing like a one-on-one fight, I think Achilles is a better chance so of taking somebody out. I, than actually, I actually disagree a little bit because if you think about it, remember he literally, they sent him out on his own to defeat like the lion and all the tigers coming out of the, from in the Coliseum. Like the lion as in that, the main guy in the Coliseum that they sent to kill everybody, all the slaves that they threw out. And he just destroyed him. I was going to say his strength, though, is his leadership quality. That's why he's Agreed. so, like, yeah. But, like, I, I'm not dismissing the pick. I'm just saying that's what I was torn with. And I had to choose, like, one of those traditional-style battles, like, old and, like, Ro- like, Ro- like Roman era. I had to choose one yeah. or the other. He's but also, it's, uh, like, yeah. He's all, yeah. It's, he's also, like, he's a leader because he's the best fighter in the Roman army, like, empire, like, army, so. But, yeah. all right. I see your point. Nez, two picks for you. All right, all right. 
Um, you know, this one's this, this was a, a good top billing for me because I, like I said, I've watched a lot of action movies with my dad. Uh, my dad is a massive, massive Jason Statham fan. I think because he's part of the hashtag Bald Gang, just like my dad. <laughs> uh, so, without being said, I'm going with Frank Martin from The Transporter amazing fighter he's john wick before john wick existed and I, yeah i mean i have to go with him yeah i'm going with uh that's, the transporter that's a good way to put it people kind of forget about jason statham now because we have like sharp uh actually no teasing picks but john wick like you said so people are kind of like stuck in the moment now recency bias and they kind of forget what jason statham was slash is because hobbs and shaw but i think it's a great pick on my big board yeah I remember when you told me that your dad was a massive Jason Statham fan and like, and then it was like the more surprising part when you told me is that he was a massive fan of the transporter franchise. Cause I barely knew what that was a couple of years ago. And then he's just like, no, he's like, there's, there's like five of them and he's yeah. seen all of them and he watches them whenever they're on. And I was like, wow. Like, but Jason Statham's a great pick. The dude is absolutely yoked in real life and he's mm-hmm. just got mad skills. And I think he does a lot of his own stunts, if not all of his own stunts. He's he, yeah. He's a he's really talented when it comes to that. Um, and honestly, yeah, every Jason Statham movie, the good, the bad, and the ugly, I've seen them all. So, so I've seen them all. So, so I'm going with him in the transporter because he is total a total badass in that. So, yeah, that's my pick. Good pick. I remember I remember him doing like the like what. Like social media, I started to follow him, and the first video I saw is him like kicking the water bottle cap off, like like well, you know, with the turnaround kick. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? The yeah. roundhouse, and just yeah. like twisting it off. I'm like, okay, this guy's got skills. Respect. Oh yeah. All right, your All right. fourth. Uh, my fourth pick. I'm trying to figure out what direction to go in here. I'm not quite sure where I'm gonna go. You know what? Yeah, let's do it. I'm going with Ivan Drago, baby. I'm going with Ivan Drago. Mm. He's an absolute tower of a man, extremely intimidating, world-class boxer, absolute beast. And uh, yeah, you know, uh, he, he may be repping the USSR, but uh, I got to pick him because he's an absolute mammoth of a man. Unbelievable training him. montage. Unbelievable. You just got to hope he doesn't get drug tested before the fight. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or else exactly. he might be in big trouble. Uh, you got to wonder what he'd be without those roids. But I had him on my big board too. Like he's just mm-hmm. a behemoth of a man. He's killed a guy in the ring. Like Jesus. Like stay yeah. away from that dude. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. All right, good pick. So, all right. So we let Neo slide. So I'm gonna go with this one. T1000 Terminator Two. I, I had it on my list too. If we have Neo, we just we yeah, yeah exactly. I'm okay with it. So liquid metal. Just more advanced Terminator. I rather I'm not going to teach him to pick actually, but kind of am. Rapid shape shifting. Just the recovery from his liquid metal is just unbelievable. I want that recovery on on my team. T2 Terminator 2, unbelievable movie. My favorite out of the Terminator franchise, and it's because of T1000. T1000 is my pick. Okay, good pick. I think. We set the precedent. We're going to do it. I'm not going to stoop and do that with a pick. I'm going to go with all humans. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) So when uh, people see this on the graph, they're going to be Dr. O just does it the right way. You know, he's just, I'm going to vote for this guy because he does it the right way. He does it with character. (laughs) Yeah. He has, he has integrity and he's not going to stoop to that level. Um, So I'm going to take, I'm going to take pride in this uh, upcoming top billing when this releases. Well, it's your pick now. Your last two picks. It is. Uh, okay. I'm going to go John Dalton in Roadhouse. I'm going to go with the guy who ripped someone's throat out. 
I feel like that's Roadhouse. like yeah, Roadhouse. Um, he ripped the guy's throat out. Enough said, man. Swayze is just a, 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 a he was a massive man. Like he was just like an absolute problem if you got if you got an issue with him. So he's the best bar bouncer that ever lived. Literally the goat. Uh, I'm gonna go yeah with John Dalton and Roadhouse. Yeah, uh, underrated movie. You've kind of forgotten about. We somehow Patrick Swayze gets brought up on this podcast so much, but R.I.P. to that king. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we're down to my final pick, which I am torn with. I'm torn with. I'm going a couple ways here. Going a couple ways. I might have to double up on an actor. I'm gonna go with bare knuckle boxer Mickey O'Neill and Snatch. Okay, another Brad Pitt character, hard nosed, bare knuckle boxer. It's actually crazy. How Brad Pitt is not really associated with action movies, but he's like an awesome fighter in every movie he's in. Even Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, kind of teasing a pick there, he kicks Bruce Lee's butt, right? And it's not even yeah. like a role. He's just always cast as the cool guy who can beat people up. And somehow he's like, now he's an Oscar winner and everything. But uh, I'm going Mickey O'Neill. You can barely understand a word he's saying, but he, if you were to put a bet on somebody, you would, you would knock out and you would win money on uh, Mickey O'Neill every time because he's, he'll be slumping in the first or second round. And then he'll just say, Hey, turn it on now. And then he'll just boom, bare knuckle right to the face, right to the temple out. Mickey O'Neill on top, put his arm up. Yeah. He's actually, I compared to Tommy Conlon, Conlon, your prayer pick. I think this pick is more the, all right, one-punch abilities to the max mm-hmm. in any movie ever. His one-punch ability is the best. I love the pick. Mm-hmm. He's a great scene stealer in Snatch. And I think that's a mm-hmm. movie, I, th- I believe it came out in 2000. It's one, it's Guy Ritchie's like, what he, it's where he came onto the scene and his style's fast-paced style, like uh, really showed like uh, what he was working with. And then Brad Pitt, as, was, as I said, scene stealer. Mm-hmm. All right, that rounds out your draft. My last pick, I can go off the beaten path here, but I'm not going to. I'm going to go the person that beat Avandrago, Rocky. Just when it comes down to the wire, he, he's going to get the job done. He's going to get the job done. When it, you put everything else aside, he will win. He will do anything at all costs. Give me Rocky. Say movie. Are we, uh, is that within the rules? Okay, I, so oh, do you have to clarify which Rocky that you're picking? Do we have to do that? If you're doing, if you Rocky, want me to, fine. I'm just, are, I'm are, just are, teasing. I'm just teasing. Do, no, I'm, no, what if he took Rocky, Rocky too. Four, oh, Rocky four. four Rocky. I could no Rocky four. Rocky. I, I, that would come. That would actually go against Nez's draft. Rocky four. Rocky. I kind of like it. <laughs> all right, but uh, yeah, you could just take Rocky in general. I don't. I don't care. I, yeah, I think so we all fun. get it. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. Just, yeah. I'm just joshing you. Yeah. All right, your last pick. My last pick uh, in the draft is Mace Windu. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. This is a, there's a huge oversight by this committee here. Uh, it's not Mr. Irrelevant. It's actually Miss Irrelevant. And I'm going with Jen Yu from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, baby. Mm-hmm. That's a great fighting movie. That movie, mm-hmm. special effects are insane. All the, fight, all the fight scenes are crazy. And she is an absolute beast with the sword and the spear she's insanely good insanely talented um that's a movie that you know if you haven't seen it and you like fighting movies you better go see it because it's crouching tiger hidden dragon i remember being young and at like recess and like playing karate with everybody and we would be like crouching tiger hidden dragon pa, 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 pa. and mm-hmm. we'd just be like pa, pa, boom boom bam bam like you know fighting each other but not really fighting each other play fighting you used to get in trouble for play fighting in school even if you weren't actually hurting anybody 
but I guess that was a risk. You know, you could get hurt. But yeah, that's my pick to round out the top billing draft. Gen Yu, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Where does that rank among like best foreign films? Is it like the best? You know, that that, that is like up there with like maybe the one, you know? Yeah. And like, and you, you're pretty uh, kung fu heavy in your list there, Nez. I love oh, it. Yeah. We're, I mean, we're the best movie fighters, bro. I mean, come on. Yeah. You got to go with the kung fu movies. Like, yeah, you know? we, we, we did all these kung fu movies and we didn't even bring up Chuck Norris. Like, you just got to make better movies, bud. You know? True. Yeah. There's a couple others, too, that we didn't bring up. But I guess that's where we'll go. Honorable mentions. Nez, you have any honorable mentions you want to mention before I round up? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got Brian Mills from Taken in my honorable yep. mentions. On my big board. Mm-hmm. Um, I have uh, uh, Chung Lee from Bloodsport. That's another, like, fighting movie from yep. back in the day. Uh, and then I have Scott Pilgrim because <laughs> the guy's an absolute animal. He's a beast at fighting. He's a great fighter. I mean, we watched the movie. Look, he's got the combos. He's got the roundhouse kicks. He can he can do it all. Uh, so yeah, the, those are my uh, my honorable mentions rounding it out i almost picked him for my last fight for my like number five and i was like just for like the reaction that you guys would give me but i was like <laughs> i have to go with jen Yu here she's she's too good yeah no yeah can't blame you dr O, honorable mentions yeah i had brian mills too i had daniel craig's bond uh if i was gonna pick any james bond it's gonna be daniel craig's like most mm-hmm. physical uh the best physical presence and great one-on-one fighter i had jason bourne awesome fighter mm-hmm. i had jake lamada scary dude had potential to kill somebody in the ring. I had Harry from Kingsman. Uh, I think about the church scene from Kingsman. Yeah. Uh, just a little old. And then like, yeah, obviously after oh, the second movie, after the second movie, I just didn't really trust him as much with a pick. Cause like, I just didn't like the taste he left from, from that movie. Uh, then I had Tyler Durton and John McClane. I'm not going to pick uh, mm-hmm. Tyler Durton. My third, um, uh, I'm not going to do my third Brad Pitt character. Yeah. <laughs> in this top got that of five people. Just, yeah. That's a little too biased there. And if you're going off of your like methodology throughout this one-on-one fighters, John McClane, what doesn't really stack up with a, I don't know, Gen Yu. but, uh, okay. Okay. Mine. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, Aragorn, I already had a leader with Maximus, but Aragorn would have been a good one. Batty from Blade Runner, but I already had T T 1000. So I didn't want to do that. And then I, I wanted to do this in my fifth one, but I knew I didn't have like a boxer or MMA fight or something like that. I wanted that on my list, but a lawyer, Lieutenant Daniel Caffey, I think would have been a great one for best movie fighter. He's, I think he's the best movie lawyer. I would have liked that on my list, but I just didn't want the controversy after what I did with the first pick. <laughs> but- I got absolutely crucified for picking Walter Frey for Thanksgiving. That's a perfect. That's a perfect person you don't want to be at Thanksgiving with. That is right. But oh, I will read out our list, Doctor Rowe. You have Bruce Lee from Enter the Dragon, Achilles from Troy, Tommy Conlon, Warrior, John Dalton, Roadhouse, and Mickey O'Neill from Snatch. Ricky Flex has John Wick, Roadhouse, The Bride from Kill Bill, Maximus from The Gladiator, T One Thousand from Terminator Two, and Rocky from any of the Rockies, but maybe Rocky Four. As Nez has Neo. <laughs> From the Matrix, Lee, Jackie Chan and Rush Hour, Frank Martin, the Transporter, Avon Drago from Rocky Four, and Gen Yu, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I think this is an easy win for Nez, by the way. I mean, Christ almighty. You're lucky I didn't get the first uh, overall pick and I had Bruce Lee too. Forget about it. I don't know. I, I think I got, the, I got the first pick recognition right there. And I also have you do. creativity. Yeah, but yeah, you picked I, the wrong think, movie, bro. You picked the wrong movie. Uh, I don't movie. know, I don't, but people are just going to see Bruce Lee. They're going to see Bruce Lee, and they're going to want that pick. I think oh, if mine was a team, mine would win. 
for sure. That ain't a question. If you like did five on five with all of us, based on integrity, I would be first. Yeah, 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 he would. Pilgrim, he's kicking everybody's ass. (laughs) But all right, that rounds out our top billing for movie fighters. Back over to you, Ness. All right. Well, that will round out today's episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, We appreciate it, as always. Uh, And please remember to follow us on all of our social media platforms. We are at The Drive-In Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. The Drive-In on Facebook and YouTube. And check out our blog on a daily basis at thedriveinpod.com. Thank you very much once again, and we will smell you.